0: Well, good morning, Cross Point Community Church. It is so good to see you. Um, I'm reminded every week, and especially this week for some reason, I was reminded this week how much I praise God for you folks. Love you all dearly. Uh, every single one of you, all of us, different personalities, different interests. Uh, different demographics, and by the way, that demographic of first through third grade, you're dismissed now. Miss Danielle's waving her hand back there. All of us coming together, and here's the amazing thing as we see today. It is not necessarily what brings us together, and and certainly it is. What brings us together is community, but it's who brings us together, my friends. Who is that? It is Jesus Christ. And so this morning, just sitting back thinking and a lot of time praying this week and praising God for for you folks, for the ministry, for the Word, Um, I praise God that Jesus Christ is the one who has brought us together here today. A couple quick words and then we're going to get into the study at hand today. Um, Just a a reminder, if you are not receiving our church emails, it's basically a, a news bulletin every week that's sent out by the by the office if if you 're not receiving this um, and you want to please feel free to email or call the church uh, office and we can put you on that email list uh, basically it 's like the bulletin you receive on Sunday morning with a, maybe a little bit more information and it 's sent to you so that you can be aware of what 's happening at crosspoint then this just a reminder. Uh, Four times a year we have what's known as Body Life Sundays. This is where we gather together for the Lord's Supper, for baptism. We enjoy the ordinances of the local church. uh, And then we just take time for a special reminder and challenge to what Body Life is to look like. My friends, that's next week. Please don't miss next week. I absolutely love our time in Body Life Sunday. Then this. Yesterday, that gym down there was full of people. It was so cool. If you want a blessing, come and watch what happens on Saturdays, uh, early morning, all the way into the uh, afternoon, deep into the afternoon, there's a bunch of people that serve Jesus by serving Jesus' people in the community here. So, praise God. If you have have taken your time to serve Jesus by serving Jesus' people in the community, we want to thank you. So, thank you for being part of that. Uh, Would you join me and give them a hand? And then, more than just appreciating their service, would you do this? As God reminds you, would you pray grace for the the coaches and the volunteers all through this season? And here's the purpose. We don't want to just create another recreational event here in this town. This is called Upward Sports for a reason. We want these kids to look upward, to look to Jesus, And so every week, they're getting exposed to elements of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as God reminds you, would you pray that these young ones out there in the basketball court would hear of Jesus and would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Then, uh, please pray. It is good to see all of you here today. I know there is a horde of people, a a bunch of people that wanted to be here today, but they are, yes, in fact, symptomatic. (laughs) I mean, it's just it's going through our whole community, um, uh, some at home today, I mean, praise God for our music team, even some of them piecing together last minute, uh, working through it, because there are truly those who have tested positive, but have symptoms, they're feeling fine, but they want to be safe, and so I would just in- encourage us to continue to pray. It really is not a matter of if, it's when this might hit you and your family, and so would you pray God's grace? Would you pray God's grace as we work through this, and... Um, just those listening online potentially that are home, they wanted to be here today, we love you, we're praying for you, and we look forward to seeing you back soon. And then, again, if, if, you are, if you have these symptoms and you're feeling under the weather, and just be cautious for the rest of the body. That's about all we're going to say. This is going to work through our congregation and work through our entire community, and that's where we're at. So let's continue to hold each other up in prayer. All right, please take your Bibles if you would today. And if you have not yet, take those Bibles, those devices, and turn to a New Testament book, 1 Peter. Today we will be in 1 Peter chapter 1. As you've noticed, the last two months we've taken a bit of a reprieve from the book of Romans. Um, I cannot wait to get back into this book. Uh, But we just, as we've been working through this book, we took just that bit of a short break. Why? We're going through Christmas. Uh, We wanted to give some specific challenges as we enter into this new year, so we gave some challenges on that. Then last week, we really wanted to touch into this whole concept of sanctity of life, so we did, did that. Next week will be Body Life Sunday, so we want a challenge based on the body. But considering all of that, today... It's sort of a free day for me. (laughs) I love it. So even though I want to jump into Romans and get back into the uh, verse-by-verse, paragraph-by-paragraph, chapter-by-chapter, phrase-by-phrase study in the book of Romans, today we're going to take just a little bit of a a side-off here, a turn, and go to the book of 1 Peter, the end of chapter 1 that carries its way into the beginning of chapter 2. Uh, reminding ourselves that the chapter and verse designations didn't come until uh, almost well, 1,500 years after the New Testament was written. So all these paragraphs go together, so we don't want to cut off the idea right at the end of chapter 1. We want to carry it into chapter 2 this morning. Um, why First Peter, though? When I think about this last year, I, I summarize what God's doing in my own heart and here's what God's doing in my heart as we go through some of the stuff we're working through, um, in our culture and society and pol- politics and health-wise. The, really the temptation to f- fall into discouragement. And why are we going to First Peter? Here's why: because in my mind, three things that I've constantly been going to God's Word and reminding myself of. Number one: look to Jesus don't take your eyes off jesus andrew look at your savior and don't stop looking at your savior we spent some time in hebrews uh, and we looked at that for quite a while but that's a reminder for me going into 2022 look to jesus andrew and don't take your eyes off of him but then this and this is my prayer exactly what we talked about last body life sunday Do whatever I can by God's grace to maintain the unity of the body of Christ. Coming together in unity. uh, The wicked one would love nothing more than to see this splintered to see the body of Christ starting to attack each other and my friends that's my prayer for myself and for the body that we look to Jesus that we maintain we actually as we looked at in Ephesians last body life Sunday we actually fight to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace and then there's one final one is i must be in the word of god every single day we can't do it on our own my friends I mean, God has given us this holy word for a reason, and that is not to just sit up on our shelves. It is to be digging into it each and every day. So in my mind, as I think through this next year, and I pray through these things, three things. Andrew, look to Jesus. Andrew, by God's grace, do whatever you can to keep and maintain the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace here at Cross Point Community Church. And number three, Andrew, don't ever stop studying God's word. And So as you can tell, I get fired up about that. (laughs) And for that reason, we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, carrying on into 1 Peter chapter 2 today. Because I'm going to tell you all three of those things that I just mentioned are in this text. Have you ever taken on uh, an involved project? I heard it with the young adults this morning, just talking and praying. We talked a little bit of this. You ever taken on one of those projects? Those DIY projects? You know what I'm talking about. And you're into this and you're confident. You're like, I can do this. And you get into this project and you know what it's like because what do you have? And maybe maybe it's that construction project. And you have a couple guys on speed dial. You got Ken Vaughn. You got Ed Bootinger. I got this. Wait, hold on. Ed, Ed, Ken, what do I do with this? You know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's that that vehicle project. That one where you have three tabs open on your phone to YouTube videos showing you how to do it. You know what I'm talking about. I got this project, man. I'm going to do it. And like 10 seconds in, you're like, oh, where does that wire go? You know what I'm talking about. Maybe that bunk bed project dads as confident as we are to put that bunk bed up three hours later we're digging through the trash looking for what the instructions because this does not look like what's on that box or you know what it's like to man we're gonna kids are going to bed we're gonna put together this quick quick little christmas toy project you know what i'm talking about this will be quick and after about 20, are you kidding me? You're looking at those instructions thinking, i got to start over. Why? Because you're confident in this project, but you're constantly going back to look at the instructions. Um, kids in here, it's like that Lego that you did receive for Christmas. You know what I'm talking about. They are very intentional about all those little diagrams. You know what I'm talking about. They all look the same, but there's like two tiny little Legos in each one of those little ex- examples that's different. And you're like, I'm going to make this and you dig it. You, pour. you know what it's like, kids. You pour those Legos all over the ground and you're like, now what? And you go to instruction one. Okay, I can do that. You go to instruction two. Okay, we can do that. I'm, forget that. I'm going to number 15. And what do you do? You tear it all apart and go back to instruction three. Why? Because even through the project, you need instruction. My friends, that is 1 Peter chapter one and two. What is the project by God's grace? The project is to live out the sincere love of Jesus Christ. You and I have been... Saved. We've come into relationship with God for a purpose. It is not that we sit our backsides on the couch and just watch everything happen. It is to live out the love of Christ. That is why we have been saved. But in that project, what are we to do? You gotta go back to the instruction book. Why? Because we need to know and see. And actually feel what it looks like and, 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 and what it sounds like to live out the love of Christ. So what do we do? We go back to the instructions constantly. So with that in mind, let us read 1 Peter 1, all the way to chapter 2, verse 3 this morning. Would you follow along as I read? Uh, it is on the back of your handout, I believe, um, or on your device or on the actual Bible in your lap. But let us go to verse 22 of chapter 1, and we'll read to verse 3 of chapter 2. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Here it is. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Verse 23. Since you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of an imperishable seed, through the living and abiding Word of God. Today, if you want to circle a couple words, circle living and abiding, because we're going to really dial in on that today towards the end of this sermon. Living and abiding Word of God. Verse 24, Peter, by God's grace, through the Inspirational Holy Spirit quotes from Isaiah chapter 40. All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news. It's the gospel that was preached to you. Verse 1 of chapter 2, flowing from the thoughts of chapter 1 so put away, or actually it's, an impar- uh, it's a participle, so having put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Verse 2, very familiar verse flowing from what we just read, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk of the word. That by it you may grow up into salvation. And now a wonderful quote from Psalm 34. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. What's the project? The project comes in the form of the first imperative. Live out the sincere love of Christ. And The instructions are what? The word of God. So what is this? This is a text written through the Holy Spirit by the Apostle Paul, or Peter. Better not say Paul. Peter. A man who was forced. If you remember anything about the life of Peter, and I'm not going to dig deep into the life of Peter this morning, but if you remember anything about this man, you're going to remember that this man, by God's grace, in order to understand, or in order to live out his relationship with God through Christ, he needed grace Every single day, this guy. Grace and guidance. When we talk about Peter, we're talking about a dude who was full. I mean, he he lived his spiritual life sort of on this roller coaster of emotions. Sure, he's grounded. And by the way, it's so cool to see how he talks of the cornerstone, the foundation, Jesus Christ. But emotionally, he's tempted to live on this this roller coaster. This roller coaster of confidence. Confidence and humiliation passion for god and discouragement resolve and regret that's peter this is the life of peter and in peter's life i mean when we read these passages i honestly believe it's almost a testimonial of what's happening in peter's life he's like saying i need god's word every day i need it Peter couldn't make one decision without depending on God's grace and God's guidance through God's word. That's Peter. Who's he writing to? Well, if you've been part of our, uh, we just finally finished up Lonnie and the men and on Tuesday, mornings we've been walking through first and second Peter. Just finished up a couple weeks ago. Been in that for two and a half, almost three years. Wonderful stuff. But if you remember who he's writing to, he's writing to a group of believers that are going through intense persecution. Uh, They're going through affliction. Peter is writing to a group of people realizing that these people need guidance and grace. Where are you going to go for the next step when all of your world around you is falling apart? you're going to go to the Word of God. And that's exactly what Peter says. When we go to this text, I really think there's a key truth that just kind of comes to the surface when you look at this entire passage, not just one or two verses, but when you see the flow of thought, Peter's argument, I think this is a key truth that you have to take out of this. As we seek to live out the sincere love of Christ, we are to long for God's Word oh boy, this is so good. Why? Because you would think as you're going through the text, like as we seek to live out the love of Christ, we're too long to be around or to to find expressions of the love of Christ. That's not what Peter says. He's saying as you seek to live out the love of Christ, go to the Word. Why? Why? Because everybody is compelled to live out the love of Christ in their own kind of preconceived way. What is to guide us, to show us exactly what the love of Christ looks like, my friends? It is God's word. And that's what we're studying about today. As we seek to live out our new life in Christ, a life that has experienced Christ's love, and a life that is commanded to show Christ's love, We need God's Word to show us exactly what Christ's love looks like. Let's just dig into this key truth a little bit by kind of splitting it up. Let's start with this first one. As we seek to live out the sincere love of Christ. Why the sincere love of Christ? Well, if we stay within context, you're going to notice that in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19... Peter is already talking about the love that we have received in Jesus Christ. Just listen to these words. Verses 18 and 19, or you can see it in your Bible. Verses 18 and 19. This is the love of Christ. Here it is. Knowing that you were ransomed from your futile ways, inherited from your forefathers, but you were ransomed not with perishable things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, that of a lamb without blemish and without spot now peter is saying you church god's people you live out this sacrificial love i'm reminded of what jesus says and you in our minds let's let's just quickly go back to john 13 In our minds, that's in the upper room, and Jesus Christ himself has just finished washing the disciples' feet. Remember what Peter says? No, 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 not me, Jesus. Remember this scenario? Peter's refusing this. Jesus says, no, 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 if you're going to be part of me, I must wash you. And there was some really cool spiritual significance behind this. But then what does Jesus say after he's washed these disciples' feet? You remember. He says this, A new commandment I give to you that you what? Love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all people know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. My friend, what are the calling orders of a follower of Jesus Christ? It is to diligently and faithfully live out the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so in verse 22, that's why... Peter, I believe, through the Holy Spirit, focuses on this. For sincere love, brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So in this passage that we're looking at today, there's, you already maybe circled living and abiding word of God. There's two words that you might want to put a square around, if you like marking in your Bible. There's two imperatives in this passage. These are commands. What's the first command? It's right here love. That's a command. That's an imperative. And we'll get to the second imperative in just a minute. Paul is saying, love one another. But it's super cool because he says love. This is a different word than the love right in front of it. Love right in front of it is that brotherly love. And I don't want to make too hard of a distinction between the the couple different types of love in the New Testament. But, but the meaning is very clear here. If you truly want to love people in an affection, brotherly type way, then you need to sacrifice for them like Jesus did. That love is the sacrificial type love, the selfless type love. If you truly want to live out your calling orders that Jesus has given you, then live out His love. And that's how He says this. Love one another earnestly. What a wonderful word. Why? It means eagerly. It means fervently. It means consistently. It means with perseverance. My friends, it doesn't mean nine times out of (laughs) ten. It it doesn't mean on every day of the week except for Fridays. Love one another fervently. It doesn't mean at every single gathering you go to with the church except for this study. No way. It, It doesn't mean love everybody in the church except for this person. Love one another with a pure heart, fervently, eagerly. It comes into my mind. I, I love hunting, <laughs> been hanging out a little bit with some of you guys, hunting some quail the last couple months, and um, I hope you don't mind, Joy. I, I share this. Uh, he's, got a, he's got two dogs. One of them cannot wait to get out of that car, and it is a German short hair pointer, and, and uh, little Maggie is all over looking for these birds, eager. Won't stop for like four hours, all over the place. Eager, nose to the ground, eager, all over the place looking for these quail. Another dog, um, Hank. Hank is the dog's name. This dog, very similar makeup, gets out of the truck and he's kind of wandering around a little bit. As soon as he hears a, a shotgun sh- shoot, <laughs> he's petrified. He stops. Dead in his tracks. And Joe has been trying to work with this dog. He is gun-shy. My friends, what a beautiful picture of how the body of work, Christ works sometimes. I mean, I praise God for those in the body of Christ here who are fervently living out the love of Christ. You're going, going, going. Oh, I, I'm going to show love to this person, love to this person, and, and even that person. And there's others that are showing love, and they're looking, and all of a sudden something happens. Boom petrified I won't do anything else in the body of Christ I'm I'm paralyzed from my love expressions my friends that's not what Paul uh, Peter's talking about here he's saying love one another earnestly go through it every single one of you live the love of Christ to every single one of you love one another earnestly from what oh this is so good From a pure heart. You can't live this on your own, my friends. Do you understand that? I can't express God's love on my own. It has to come from a changed heart. Why do you think the first of the list of expressions of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Sure, we might show kindness or care, but to truly live out the love of Christ, our hearts must be changed by Christ. Live the love of Christ from a pure heart earnestly. The adverse is also true, and I love it because it shows up in this text. So if you want to look at what the love of Christ doesn't look like, look at verse 1 of chapter 2. Having put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, for sake of time, we're not going to dig too deeply into that, but that would be fun to look at in one of your life groups, potentially, or in your own Bible studies this week. Putting away or having put away all of these things, in other words, since your hearts have been transformed from complete selfishness, because you look at verse 1, that is complete selfishness. But then you look at verse 22 of the previous chapter, chapter 1, verse 22, this is complete selflessness it is the sacrificial love of Christ so since your hearts have been transformed from complete selfishness to complete selflessness or brotherly selflessness love one another with a pure heart earnestly okay so friends we could stop the discussion right now and go home because that is the primary imperative love one another with a pure heart fervently. Remember how I said those three things I pray about, and my prayer is that every one of us at Cross Point Community Church would love each other. This would be the glue that binds us together, is the love of Christ. But we're not going to stop the study right now, because you still got a little bit of time. So I want us to develop this argument because there is another imperative to come, and that comes in verse 2 of chapter 2. So as we seek to live out the sincere love of Christ, we are to long for God's word. Okay, where do you find that? In verse 2 it says this, like newborn infants, (laughs) long for. That's the other one you might want put a, a square around because that's the second imperative in this chap in this section of verses long for this pure spiritual milk of the word that by it you may grow first imperative love one another earnestly from a pure heart second imperative long for god's word and the perfect metaphor what's the perfect metaphor like newborn infants. And all the moms here who got three hours of sleep last night know exactly what Peter's referring to. <laughs> Quick note though. I mean I grew up and I, and I, I don't know when I st- memorized this verse. Probably in a wanna sometime. You probably, a lot of you probably memorize this verse. And so in my mind I think of this verse as being massively descriptive. So uh, like the newborn babies long for the word you also will long for the word however this word long for is an imperative it's a command we need to remember that the description is you need the milk of the word like a baby the imperative is so since you need it long for it There are actually these dual thoughts here, a natural desire for the Word and a disciplined desire from the Word. A natural, I should say supernatural, coming from the Holy Spirit of God, a change in your heart, but then also a disciplined desire. So because God has changed your heart, want His Word! And we'll talk about this at the end, but my friends, you know, every day of this last week, you didn't want to get out of bed and study God's Word. So even though there's this desire in your heart to love God's word and want God's word, there's a discipline involved in this as well. Get into God's word. I want us to bring these two imperatives back together and our key ideas, so as we seek to live out the sincere love of Christ, we are to long for God's word. First imperative, again, is what? Love. Second imperative is long for. Okay, If you're like me in this week, I'm tracking this and I'm thinking, okay, Peter, why? (laughs) What's the connection, brother? Peter, what's the connection between love and long for? Love each other and long for God's word. I believe he answers this question beautifully through these center verses. Here it is. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living and abiding Word of God. Then look at verse 2 of chapter 2 again. Like newborn babies or infants, long for this pure spiritual milk of the Word that by it you may what? Grow. So this Word of God is living and And abiding. What's the connection here? What's the concept of being born again? This word is living and abiding for those born again. Okay, that's one of those Christianese concepts that we throw out and expect everybody to understand, right? All right. John 3, we find Jesus Christ himself talking about being born again. You remember this to Nicodemus? What's the concept? Everyone born into this world is born physically alive but spiritually dead. We need to understand that. Okay? These are concepts we've talked about a lot through the book of Romans. You're born into this world, physically alive, but spiritually dead. But then because of the person and work of the perfect Christ, His death, resurrection, ascension, we have, this is beautiful, brothers and sisters in Christ, the gospel, the good news, that we can be physically alive and spiritually alive. That's what it means to be born alive. Again, it is the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit in the life of believers. So many passages we could go to on this. We won't go to that today. But this is super cool. How does all of that happen? How do you understand what it means to be born again? We're going to get to this in the book of Romans. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? We'll try that one more time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. How did we come into the point of being born again? It is as the Holy Spirit of God uses the written Word of God in our hearts to show us exactly what this love is. So, through God's living Word, we have been spiritually reborn. I love this. God's Word is living and abiding. God's living and abiding word shows us how to not only come into relationship with God, and I want us to think about that. Because the analogy here is of this newborn baby. This newborn baby comes into life, he is born. He or she is born. This is new life. But then this life is not meant to be locked in a cage, uh, a crib. (laughs) All right? It is meant to do what? To take on sustenance, to grow. To live life, to be nourished in order to live out the purpose for this baby's life. My brothers and sisters in Christ, that is the exact same thing for us spiritually. We do not come into relationship with God in order just to have new birth. Please understand, we come into relationship with Christ in order to grow in this new life. And this is the beauty of the whole discussion god's word is living it brings us into new life and it is abiding it keeps us going in this new life do you see the connection and that is what peter says like newborn infants long for this pure spiritual milk of the word so why what's the connection god's living and abiding word shows us how to grow in sincere love through God's living Word, we have been spiritually reborn, but it doesn't stop there. Through God's abiding word, we have been shown how to spiritually grow. Do you see that? And this brings us back by the way, did you get those two blanks on your fill-out handouts? Through God's living Word, we have been spiritually reborn. Through God's abiding word, we are shown how to spiritually grow. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk of the word that by it you may grow up into salvation. I love this. So this rescue that God has done in your heart, you are to grow in grace and the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, if we want to live out our purpose as reborn children of God, those who have come to Jesus by faith, because we understand that's exactly what Jesus says in John 3, if you want to be reborn, what is it that is to happen in your life? Faith is to be placed in the one who gave his life for you, that is Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be rescued. Now, from this rebirth comes abiding, enduring growth. As we seek to live out the sincere love of Christ, we are to long for God's word. Now, so what? I want to jump into this a little earlier than we normally would on a Sunday morning because I want to talk a little bit more about the so what today. How do we make this applicable? Okay, you have come if you've come to jesus christ in saving faith you want to live out this love anybody and everybody you come into contact with you want to live out the fruit of the spirit and show love all right that's you that's me then how are we going to do it and the how paul uh peter acknowledges it here he says get into god's word because that's going to show you how to live out the love of Christ. But we must ask a couple questions on this. Let's start with this question. Have you been spiritually reborn? Please understand this, that you cannot live out the sincere love of Christ until you have become a child of Christ, a reborn one. And my friends, the Scripture is clear that you cannot do that on your own. I do not want to take for granted that every one of us here has become a follower of Jesus Christ, have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. How do we become spiritually reborn? It is by responding in faith to God's call on your life. If you have never come to Christ in saving faith, it is no mistake that you are listening today, here or online or on the radio. It is no mistake that you are hearing these words right now. God Almighty is drawing you through His grace. My friend, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. If you're doubting this, would you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ today? Just like a baby. What did the baby do to be born? (laughs) Nothing. Let me ask you this. What can you do to become newborn in Christ? Nothing. That's why it is by grace That is why we call it being reborn by faith. It is placing your faith and trust in the one who gave his life for you. This morning, my friends, would you admit that you are a sinner in need of a rescuer? Would you believe that Jesus Christ is the only rescuer? This morning, my friend, if you are working through this in your own mind, would you call on Jesus to save your soul today? just a little bit, we're going to pray. There's going to be those that will come to the front. There'll be chaplains we have here at the church. Hey, would love to talk with you more about this and pray with you as God is guiding your heart through His Spirit to receive the Word, to receive salvation. Don't, don't, don't reject this call in your life, even for a moment. Come to Jesus Christ today and be saved, my friends. So the question here today is this have you been spiritually reborn but from that we must ask this question are you living the sincere love of christ are you okay what's the first imperative love so are you living this we are not reborn as we said just a minute ago to stay in the spiritual crib (laughs) You are reborn to actively live out the sincere love of Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters in Christ, verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And how are we to stay on track with this love? It is exactly what Peter says. How are you going to stay on track with obedience to God? It is by staying in His Word. Every single day. And so that's the last question we're going to go to today in the so what. So what. What is this going to make any difference for my life this week, Pastor Andrew? Here it is. Do you long for God's Word? At home. Do you long for God's Word at work? Do you long for God's Word? Before work, do you long for God's Word? After after work, do you long for God's Word? At school, do you long for God's Word? In your car, do you long for God's Word? On the sports field, do you long for God's Word? On that hike when no one's around, do you long for God's Word? I love this because Paul, and I am referring to Paul here, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says this Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. My friends, does God's word dwell in you everywhere you go? All right, Pastor Andrew. You're thinking pie in the sky here, brother. (laughs) I don't even like to read. Let alone read a book completed two thousand years ago. If I were honest, and I don't ever really long for God's word. Okay, can we just make this practical, my friends? Pastor Andrew, you're up there ranting and raving about loving God's word, longing for God's word. I don't want to get up tomorrow morning and read God's word. I want to sleep fifteen extra minutes. Okay, we're just putting practicalities to this, aren't we? All right. First thing I want to say is thank you for being genuine. <laughs> thank you for being real but then I would like to say quick things and this is this is not in your notes this is extra because what happens when you don't necessarily long for God's word but you need to obey the command in the scriptures to long for God's word and I would tell you one of three things first of all you need to consider your appetite okay this word appetite let's go on that for a minute consider your appetite my friends here's here it is Have you ever in your life had a passion from the Spirit to be in the Word of God? If not, if you have never one time ever had a passion to be in God's Word, you need to really truly consider your relationship with God. Because it is the Spirit of God that is drawing us into the Word of God. If not, you need to consider whether you truly have placed your repentant faith in Jesus Christ. But if you have come to Christ in saving faith, you are confident of this and God is growing you by his grace, then there's two other suggestions. So I would say, first suggestions, if you don't want to be in God's word, then really, you need to, first of all, consider your appetite. Do you or have you ever had an appetite? Number two, guard your appetite. Guard your appetite. What are you talking about, Pastor Andrew? Guard from harmful and distracting things. What am I talking about? Satan is so good at presenting appetite stealers. These are those things that distract you from the real nourishment Some appetite uh, stealers are clearly bad for your health, okay? Understand this. In the scriptures we find the admonitions and the warnings, okay? Especially uh, John says this so clearly. Avoid the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These things, if you involve yourself in them, will clearly derail your appetite for the word of God. Please understand that. If you are constantly pursuing the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life guess what you're not going to want to be in god's word so guard your appetite those are clearly things that are bad for your appetite but on top of that there are other appetite stealers and please follow me here that maybe they're not so devious but they distract you what am i talking about have you ever been to olive garden you know exactly what i'm talking about i haven't even started the illustration. You go there after church on Sunday morning and you're so hungry because this guy's been preaching forever. And, and you sit down and what do they bring out? The salad and breadsticks. And so after your sixth breadstick and second bowl of salad, you have no appetite for the tour of Italy that you ordered. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Huh? All right, how about going to the the Mexican restaurant? You know they bring out those chips and salsa to tempt you. After three baskets of chips and a whole load of salsa, you don't want anything to do with that wonderful steak enchilada that's coming your way. You guys, so typically pastors are not to give food illustrations on Sunday mornings. Everybody's going to walk out quick, and it completely destroys fellowship, but that's okay. I'm going to go out on a limb here today. What's the point? Friends, there are appetite stealers all over the place in your life. What am I talking about? The TV, social media, news feeds, story feeds, texts that I need to respond right to now. Friends, these are not all bad. These are not all bad but are so easily used to steal your appetite for God's Word. What are you going to do this week to guard your appetite for God's Word? So if you have no desire to study God's Word, first of all, consider your appetite. Second of all, guard your appetite. Third, develop your appetite. Seriously, develop your appetite for God's Word. It is spiritual discipline for a reason. Okay, uh, another ridiculous illustration, but we got a couple minutes because I got to the so wet quicker today, all right? When I grew up, I'll tell you, one of my favorite drinks ever is this, and you'll probably gag as soon as I say it. It is carrot juice. I love carrot juice. I will tell you, I did not always love carrot juice. When I was a little critter, my parents would give us this carrot juice because it's, you know, the beta carotene helps you see better, and everything about your life's going to be fixed if you have carrot juice, Right? So they would feed us this wonderful meal and give us just a tiny bit of this carrot juice. And I'd take some... And over time, I'll tell you what, what happened over time. And and, and any illustration derails at some point, all right? But over time, what happened? I found myself looking forward to that drink of carrot juice. And I wanted more of it and more of it. Now when I drink carrot juice, it's like, that is sweet stuff, that is good, the world around you thinks when you have an appetite for god's word that is ridiculous But i'm going to tell you what's it going to take in your life my friend it's going to take start with five minutes a day develop an appetite in god's word this week it takes maybe start with a short passage before breakfast maybe one during lunchtime maybe one when you get home from work before you go to bed don't turn off your light before you read God's Word. I had a junior high youth pastor that challenged me that when I was a little critter. His name's Ed Bootinger. Don't go to bed without reading God's Word. I can't tell you how many times I fell asleep with my head in my Bible or right next to my Bible. Don't neglect. Small times in God's word because what's going to happen? You're going to take an appetite of this here and an appetite of this there. And guess what's going to happen in your life as the Holy Spirit of God is renewing his word in your life? You're going to want more and more. Start listening to one chapter as you go in your car to work. And guess what? You're going to get to work and be like, oh, i got to pop my earbud in because I want to hear the next chapter. Start with memorizing one verse at a time. And guess what? You're going to long for more verses in God. Start somewhere. Why? Well, the key idea today is this. As we seek to live out the sincere love of Christ, we must long for God's word. My friends here today, this basic truth, please take this with you today. We cannot expect to faithfully live out the love of Christ if we are not faithfully in the word of God. Let's say that one more time. We cannot expect to faithfully live out the love of Christ if we are not faithfully in the word of God. This last couple weeks, my mind has been going back to memories of someone that was very special to me. It was my Grandpa Blue. This was the first birthday I had, the first Christmas, the first New Year's that I haven't had this special person in my life contact me. And share the love of Christ with me. And just This is real. You know something. Some, probably some of the best memories of my whole life. When I would have a discussion with my grandpa. And somehow every discussion, the word of God would get brought up. He would say a verse here and a verse there. Why? Because there was a 95-year-old man who lived out... 1 Peter 2.2, as a newborn baby, infant, long for the sincere, pure milk of the word. A 95-year-old man who I don't know how many sermons, we estimated maybe 10,000 sermons from this pulpit. But every day, this is the memory that's on my mind. 95-year-old grandpa who longed for God's word like a newborn baby. Andrew, can I tell you the new verse I memorized this week? Can I quote it to you? Why? Because he longed for the pure milk of the word so that he could better know how to sincerely love God's people. What about you? So God, that's the prayer of our hearts today. We want to obey that first command that that is to love sincerely. God, in obeying that first command, we don't want to neglect the second one in this passage, and that is to long for your word. Oh God, I pray that this would be a congregation of people who long for your word. My friends here today, as I already mentioned, it is no mistake that you are here. Some of you have been questioning your relationship with God for some time. Very likely it is that God, through His Spirit, is drawing you to Himself. My friends, would you believe in Jesus Christ? Today, would you be reborn? Born again? Scripture is clear that when you were born into this world, as we just mentioned, you were dead spiritually. But through the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, through the working of the Word of God in your life, you can place your faith and trust in jesus christ would today be that day my friend i remember as a 10 year old boy after having through sat through sermon after sermon after sermon from my dad who was also a preacher it was like the blindfold was taken off my eyes and i saw myself as god saw me in need of a savior a rescuer and god was drawing me to himself I responded in repentant faith. Would today be that day? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I mentioned just a minute ago, we're going to close out this service. There will be some at the front. In fact, I'm going to invite some chaplains to the front now. If you're a chaplain at Cross Point, would you come to the front? Even now, as our heads are bowed and we're contemplating what we've learned about today. There may be some of you sitting in your seat right now that are like, I need to talk to someone about my new, this new life in Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm not in any way going to twist your arm. I'm just going to say there are some at the front that would love to talk to you more about that right now. I'm not going to belabor this. If you would like to talk with someone about new life in Jesus Christ, I would invite you to come talk to one of these chaplains in the front to pray with you and lead you in an understanding of what it means to be saved. Anytime from now to the end of the service, please come and talk to one of these people. There'll be elders around at the end. Feel free to talk with us about this very important topic of your salvation through Jesus Christ. For those of you this morning who have come to Saving Faith, you've responded to God's call in your life and received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this morning I would ask you this. Where's your appetite? Would you guard your appetite? Would you pray this morning that God would give you grace to guard your appetite? And then this morning, on top of that prayer, I would ask you, would you consider praying this, that by God's grace, He would help you to develop this appetite for what's best in your life, for His living and abiding Word. Father, we thank you for the time we could spend today in your word. God, I know you're doing a work in my heart, and I know you're doing a work in the hearts of so many here today. I pray, God, that by your grace we would respond. I pray that through this week you would bring this passage up over and over and over again. As we seek to live out our calling order of Christians to sincerely love, I pray, God, that we would not abandon abandon the instructions the word of god thank you for the time we could spend today in your word we pray this in jesus name amen we're going to close with an anthem of praise to our lord reminding ourselves of this firm foundation how firm a foundation some of you know this song how firm a foundation you saints of the lord is found in his excellent word If you know this thing out, if not, enjoy the meditating on the words. Would you stand today as we close out this service? Some of you came to share of your resources. We're not going to pass any offering plates. There are boxes in the back. As we sing this song and as God is doing a work in your heart, don't neglect time of prayer and worship right now in your heart. Maybe you need to go to your knees. Maybe you need to find a quiet room. Maybe you need to run out to your car and go to your house and sit on your couch and, and do business with God. And maybe you need to come talk with someone that could pray for you. Whatever it might be, don't neglect what God's doing in your heart right now.